I'm delighted to welcome Jules Townsend, Chief Exec of the Community Rail Network, which is a membership body for over 70 community rail partnerships and which represents over a thousand station adoption groups. Some amazing work is being done to empower communities and help to grow confidence in using the rail network. And I'm so pleased that Jules joined us today to tell us more about it. Jules Townsend, good morning and welcome to the Intuitive Insights podcast. It is an absolute delight to see you. Morning, Nina. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, I'm so pleased that you have been able to find the time in what I imagine, like the rest of us, is an extremely busy diary. There's a huge amount going on in Community Rail. Um, But as, as Chief Exec of the Community Rail Network, I know that there are there are some amazing things happening in your world. And I think even more engagement, even more kind of visibility and profile for the different things that are happening. And I'm really delighted that you've joined us so that we can start to spread the word about some of these incredible things that are happening. In, in true time-honoured Intuitive Insights podcast fashion, though, I'm going to start with you, if I may. Um, when I was at school, way back in the dark ages, we were given a 10-minute slot in the careers library, <laughs> which essentially was the old stationery cupboard. And there was, um, there was a green box, which was full of cards. And the idea was that you looked through these cards to get some inspiration on what career you might want to go into. Um, All sorts of weird and wonderful things came out of there. But I think in terms of my knowledge of the third sector, um, I didn't really have any, didn't even know it existed, if I'm absolutely honest. So I'm going to push the conversation across to you and say, tell me where you started and take us through your career to the role that you're currently doing today as Chief Exec of the Community Rail Network. Well, I, I vaguely remember uh, uh, going into the careers library and talking to a careers advisor and, um, if I'm honest, not getting much back that was of great use. Um, I, I think at that point in my life, I hadn't heard of the, the third sector, the community and voluntary sector either. Certainly wasn't aware of the huge array of career opportunities that it offered. Um, but I, I, I was passionate about um communities I was uh, I was passionate about sustainability although I'm not sure I would have used that term at that point um I was really interested in communications and the media um and uh I I think coming out of university a few years a few years later um I found my way into the community and voluntary sector really a bit by accident I I was I was looking for a job and uh uh, saw, saw a fantastic role at, uh, at uh, Break, the road safety charity, which seemed to tickle all my boxes in terms of um, enabling me to deliver communications work, work with the media, uh, deliver campaigning and, um, and, and hopefully make a positive difference to society. Um, and, and I built my career from, from there, really. And uh, I've worked at you know, an array of different different uh, charities and not-for-profits working at different levels, a few national organisations, a few uh, locally based and regional regional organisations with, with different focuses. But over the years, I've, I've, I've had a particular emphasis, uh, accidental really to, to start with, um, but a particular emphasis on, on transport, working with communities uh, to support 
the development of more sustainable, more inclusive, more, more community friendly um, transport. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've kind of found myself um, in in this particular in this particular niche, which which I'm you know absolutely passionate about, and um, you know continually learning more, more and more as I go along. But yeah, um, absolutely, I think we're we're all in that boat, aren't we? <laughs> I think um, interesting the point you make about the word sustainability because that's quite a new one, and um, relatively speaking, you know, from from our perspective in terms of the um, executive search market, then we obviously over the, over time, you see different types of job titles coming up. And over the last kind of, I would guess now, probably four to five years, we have seen more um, more senior roles, actually, which is a good, really good sign, mm-hmm. where we know that the organisations are appointing group sustainability director, for example. I've seen one on LinkedIn this morning being announced at Keltbray. Um, we've got um, diversity and inclusion directors. You know, there are different types of job titles coming through, which are what we would have, I guess, in the, you know, going back in again into the dark ages when I started work, these job titles would never have been heard of, mm-hmm. just wouldn't have even been thought of, never mind actually put into practice. So it's I, I find it really interesting as well that so many people that I speak to got into their roles by accident. You know, there's kind of, yeah, there are definitely those who have planned it and they've got a, you know, they've got a very specific career plan. But the more people that I speak to, the more I realise that those people are in the minority and the rest of us have got where we've got to because of a happy accident at some point in the past that we've an opportunity presented itself and, and off we go. We're, we're off and running. Yeah. But I think it's it's, in, it's incredibly encouraging, as you say, isn't it, that there, there are more and more of these roles popping up at, at all levels um, with that really strong focus on sustainability, social inclusion, on people and and doing something good in the world um and i think uh, my understanding is it's it, it's it's uh, increasingly important to people starting out on their um in their careers as as well increasingly people are looking for roles that um enable them to 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 make that contribution to to give back to society um and I think there's there's an increasing number of ways that you can do that. Um, we talked about the, the community and voluntary sector being an often overlooked, I think, career pathway. A lot of people wrongly assume that it's it's just for volunteering, and you know, there's a lot of obviously thousands and thousands of volunteers that make the community and voluntary sector what it is. But but uh, uh, um, there there are also lots and lots of uh, uh, organizations that that employ people that that you know have a, a business model and um and offer different different career opportunities um yeah. but as you say a, across different sectors i think there's there's that widening recognition of of um how organizations in in all sorts of sectors and with with all sorts of different um remits can can make that that positive contribution through their day-to-day um and 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 through engaging with communities and um thinking about those co-benefits that they can deliver for society alongside the um their business as usual you're very you're, you're absolutely right i think there's lots of evidence now that um that tells us that 
the millennials, the people who are coming into and getting onto the career ladder, then the, the things that are important to them are quite different to what might have been important to their parents and their grandparents. And um, the sustainability credentials of organisations, for example, um, how, how people are treated, but also the green credentials are increasingly important. And those are the questions that are being asked by uh, certainly by graduates who are choosing which um, which graduate programme they want to get into. And this for me, this kind of desire to do something good and to to kind of be part of something that benefits society is actually has been a part of the transport industry for a very long time. So people that I speak to who work in the rail industry, um, the big thing for the majority of them has, has not been about the actual trains themselves, although obviously we've got lots of engineers and we've got lots of people who, who came into it because um, you know, that it was that part that the kind of heavy engineering part was the attraction. I would honestly go as far as to say that I think the majority of people who came in to the rail industry and who've stayed are here because they know what they do makes a difference. We're getting people from A to B. And, and yes, it's the train that physically does that, but actually it's the, the railway industry as a whole. It's the people that make that happen. So I think that kind of making a difference thing is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, what we what we do, what we see in community rail is it's 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 all about community rail is, is inherently it's all about helping uh, the railways to deliver greater benefit to society and the work that is delivered within community rail. It's it's all about yeah, helping people to, to live their lives well uh, through utilising uh, rail travel, local stations, um, you know, so, so we see firsthand within community rail the enormous difference that the railways make to people's lives. And I think it's part of, part of uh, it, it's, it's something really valuable that community rail can offer to our rail industry partners is, is um, uh, re- really showing in quite a visible, tangible way the, the, the difference that the railways make and, and just reminding everyone why we're here and um, uh, making sure that, that you know, people are at the forefront. I think it's, it's really encouraging actually to, to see this, the, the strategic direction that the, the rail industry is, is, is now going in and, and with, with uh, uh, rail transformation now in, 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 in full swing, um, the, the, the general direction of travel is, is, is towards a more people, more community orientated railway, which is, which is great to see. So, so those, those motivations that you're, that you're talking about, which really are at the heart of why hopefully most people within, within the rail industry are doing what they do, uh, you know, just making sure that that's at the forefront and, um, uh, and, 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 and that's how the, the rail, the railways are are, are, are communicating and and, and, right. and positioning themselves to, to to the wider world. Yeah, as you say, this as we go through, um, and my goodness, over the last couple of years, we've been through quite a few iterations of the contract, haven't we, between the the, the government and the train operating companies. But my understanding is that the um, with the national rail contracts, that there is a, a measure within there about social value. So in terms of that organisation running that part of the network, 
then there are questions around what that social value piece is, what is the engagement with the communities. And we were seeing some great stuff anyway, but I think that the fact that it is now actually, it's official, we're measuring this, we, it's important for the Department yeah. of Transport to, to, to know what each of its um, contract holders is, is delivering in that area. It clearly is becoming more and more of a focus point. Absolutely, yeah. We, we, we've been working closely with... Um, RSSB and Network Rail to advise on how the rail industry can best think about and assess um, and evidence the social value that, that, that it delivers and making sure that community rail is, is thought about in, in, in the mix um, there. But I really, really pleasing to see that that, that acknowledgement of the, 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 the social um, side of rail is, is coming more and more to the fore and is being recognised in that in, in that quite official way as you as you say in the, in the contracting um yeah and and in the the William Shapps plan for for rail we were really pleased that community rail was was so prominently recognized and the, the contribution it makes in, well, in lots of different ways yeah I think the other measure for me personally of of the change that I've seen over the past five years is that I've I've um been been privileged to for the last five years have been a judge for the National Rail Awards and my my panel so we, we kind of each each category has a panel of judges and the panel that I am on and now chair is the Outstanding Personal Contribution Award and what I have definitely noticed over the period of time that I've been on that panel is that we get more and more entries for people who are doing amazing stuff with communities right so, so kind of you know things that are happening we had a fantastic entrant a couple of years ago um who was working with um with the local um uh, muslim community looking at um there was, there was this cycle hire scheme it was all about kind of multimodal stuff and encouraging muslim women to use the railway so mm -hmm. how could we do that well we'll, yeah. we'll join forces with this fabulous inspirational lady who had put together this cycle scheme um for for the muslim community in her area and it was kind of all of these things are happening out there in the network. Um, there was another one where there was a um, there was a calendar that was put together by um, it was a local cafe that decided they wanted to do something to help the homeless. And um, and again, one of the um, one of the frontline staff from the railway joined forces and and helped to produce this calendar, which raised funds for homeless people in that community. Loads of stuff happening. Loads of people doing amazing things. Um, and so, and you will see a lot more of this, um, obviously, than, than I know about. I'm picking up bits as I go around. Tell us more, Jules, about Community Rail Network in terms of what people are doing. You've got thousands and thousands of volunteers, haven't you? So, again, as a kind of as a, as a chief exec managing that, how does that work, and how do you get people to kind of achieve what they're achieving? So we're, we are a network, we're a membership organisation. So I'd, I'd firstly emphasise they're not, they're not really our volunteers, although they're part of the community rail movement. You know, these are volunteers that are, um, uh, and there are thousands out there, I think probably over 10,000 volunteers within community rail now, um, getting involved with their local stations, most, mostly volunteering um, for station friends groups at, at a very local level, bringing their local stations into, into the heart of their communities. Um, 
we've got around, um, well, well over a thousand station friends groups now uh, around around Britain, um, doing all sorts of different projects, depending on what's what's relevant and, and, and appropriate and needed within, within their local areas. And, um, you know, it's a grassroots movement, so varying, varying priorities. Um, uh, and, and on top of that, we've got uh, 74 community rail partnerships around the country, and these are more community-based organisations, usually with one or two staff members working along a railway line or sometimes across a, a number of lines or across county uh, to engage people with with their railways, encourage encourage good use of the railways, um, uh, and to work closely with with uh, train operators and other rail industry partners to. Um, implement improvements that that meet local needs um so as i say all, all sorts of different initiatives going on from uh the, the volunteering community gardening arts projects at stations bringing people together bringing people into the station and um uh forming those those connections with with the railway um Projects to promote rail use as a, as a form of sustainable travel, often focused on leisure and tourism, which of course is especially, is especially important now uh, in, in the post-pandemic uh, environment. Um, thinking about how the railway connects up with other sustainable modes of travel. So you just gave a fantastic example, uh, sounds like of um, a bike share scheme, um, helping people to, to get to their local station uh, in a, in a sustainable and inclusive way. Um, so there's a lot of that going on within Community Rail at the moment, thinking about active travel links, but also working with local bus operators, community transport providers. Um, and then, um, it, yeah, a big, a, a big focus too on, on, on social inclusion, um, working with different groups to help increase confidence, increase travel skills and familiarity. Um, working with young people is a, is a big focus area, a big development area within Community Rail, um, helping um, helping younger generations to be able to access new opportunities uh, that they may have otherwise found out of reach. Um, so an awful lot going on. We're, we're, we're in the build-up now to Community Rail Week, which is uh, the second time we will have run this event at the, at the end of May, 20, 23rd to the 29th of May, um, which is a big celebration of everything going on in Community Rail. Uh, but we've got a big, um, a strong focus this year on um, encouraging uh, new people, non-passengers, to, to, to give the train a try. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's a lot of what Community Well is doing is you might think of it as rail outreach. It's mm -hmm. it's going beyond existing passengers, um, thinking deeply about what's needed and, and and wanted within local communities and how local communities can get the best from their railways and uh, yeah, bring, bringing new new people in, new people on board, uh, and of course that that contributes to, to sustainability. It's about getting getting more people getting around via uh, green green travel uh, but also as I say working with with groups that otherwise might have limited mobility limited access to opportunity yeah um, there was another great story I've got <laughs> I had um, a, another person who was nominated for a national rail award who um, gave an example of how she worked within the community at her station 
and um, she was a she was a customer service ambassador. But she took it upon herself. There was a lady who um, who was coming into the station in a wheelchair, and she was um, she was saying that she really didn't feel confident about travelling. Um, she she knew she needed to to kind of embrace it and gain confidence, but she didn't know how to do that. So this member of staff took her onto the rail network with her children so her children came with her as well so it was a family affair and they traveled various kind of routes around um around the local network to build that confidence up um and that same lady had like the ladies theater group who were all kind of wanting to use the railway but again were um in this case ladies of a certain age they weren't used to using the transport network They knew they wanted to. They knew that there was there was opportunities to get to different places, but there was a confidence thing that you referred yeah. to. Yeah. Having that support to do to do something to get on the train to work out which platform you're going yeah. from, um, when to get off, how do you know when it's your stop next, all that stuff that so many of us take for granted because we do it a lot, actually doesn't come naturally to everybody. Yeah. Well, and. I, I, I would say that lack of confidence, lack of familiarity with the railways is a major barrier yeah. in getting more people using the trains, um, thinking about modal shift, thinking about decarbonising transport and shifting as many journeys as we can onto public transport and active travel, but also thinking about um, creating more a more inclusive transport network and, um, yeah, enabling people uh, who, who may otherwise have, have limited ability to, to access opportunities and get to where they want to. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I, th- I think it's often overlooked. And I think it, it's, if, you're, if you're within the rail industry, it's easy to forget the huge number of people out there who never use the trains. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And for Actually, it can be quite a daunting experience. Um, certainly, uh, talking to some of our members, I know... Um, I've, I've just been um, exchanging some emails with, with Community Rail Lancashire. They're a very well-established Community Rail partnership. They do a lot of work with uh, with schools and colleges and, and young people. Um, and they have a, a rail confidence programme, which is uh, does what it says on the tin. You know, it's yeah. building those skills, that awareness, the, fami- the, the familiarity, but in a very empowering way. Um, you know, and enabling enabling the young people they work with to really shape their experience and um uh and 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 get involved in community well in 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 ways that that suit them but they will tell you that you know that they go into a a a classroom uh with group of teenagers and the, the majority of them either won't have been on a train that they can remember or ever um and a lot of them will find it quite a daunting scary yeah prospect um so just getting young people onto a train for the first time is is actually you know it can be quite a breakthrough. Yeah. Um. Another another one of our members, um, uh, Kent CRP. They do a lot of work with young people as well, and uh, they work very closely with the college on the Isle of Sheppey. Um. Uh, getting the young people involved in in station improvement projects um, and, and awareness raising about the railway as well as as well as building that familiarity and the travel skills. Uh, a lot of the young people they work with will have never been off the Isle of Sheppey. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's literally broadening their horizons and enabling them to think, oh, actually, I I, I can go further afield. I can access 
uh, work and training opportunities. I can, you know, travel independently to see friends and family. Um, it's quite transformative, actually. So some of these stories and examples that we've got of, of community where working with young people, it really does, uh, I think, show what, what we what we need to do um, to, to to break down break down these barriers and unleash these these greater benefits of of local railways. So we are, as we've said, we we are seeing um, some kind of um, shining examples. Loads, actually, loads of shining examples of what's being done in the network. We've got some evidence that the government is taking it seriously because social value is included in the new contracts for the train operating companies. So not only is it a nice thing to do and a good thing to do and a right thing to do, it's actually being measured. So we know that we know how important it is. So things are changing and we're seeing some really positive moves in the right direction. Um, but this is the part of our conversation where I turn into the fairy godmother and get my magic wand out and say, Jules, if we could, if I can give you three wishes for what you want to see in the future, for some, you know, for more, more evidence of change and transformation that you feel would really kind of support the work that you, your team and the volunteers within Community Rail do. What would you like? What would those three wishes be? I think um, uh, I'd firstly, I'm, I'm not sure it's a complete a complete U-turn, uh, but a, a further further pro progress along along the lines of um, really recognising that community involvement um, and 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 putting the communities at the forefront of of what happens within within rail and and the transport sector generally. Mm. um is absolutely fundamental it's not fluffy stuff it's not a nice nice to have add-on um actually when we're involving communities and really in, a, in an empowering way and listening to communities and treating communities as as partners in in rail and transport development mm -hmm. uh it unleashes all sorts of benefits for those communities and and it's incredibly helpful and beneficial of course for for the transport operators um bringing new people in um so you know we, we've got that evidence that community rail contributes um uh in 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 no small part to 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 um uh higher levels of of rail um patronage so lines with community rail partnerships uh, uh see um higher levels of patronage than than lines without yeah. um uh, and 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 all sorts of benefits in terms of improving transport assets, transforming stations, bringing um, some quite unloved and and underutilized stations to life. Um, so there's there's all sorts of ways that community involvement can be used to greater effect uh, within the transport sector. But I think it, it needs to be conceived in that in in that way of um, as I say, thinking about working with collaboratively in partnership with communities it's it's got to be uh, driven from from the grassroots up um yeah. it's about facilitating um local action and and listening and, and respecting communities rather than um top down um a top down approach um I think that's I think that's only the first one on the list, isn't it? <laughs> I completely get where you're coming from. I think we've we're, we're pointing in the right direction, and we've started taking some steps. Yeah. 
and we're seeing and we've we've got the evidence and I absolutely love what you've said and I'm going to quote you on it that it's not fluffy stuff this yeah. is this isn't just like you know some retired people standing at a station and you know planting a few bulbs this is this makes a fundamental difference to people's experience of the railway and as you've said the evidence is there if you've got community rail partnership at, on your line then that has a heavier patronage more people are traveling yeah can't argue with those figures they are what they are so yeah. really good yeah. point. we need to it, we're getting there but there's still quite a lot more that we can be we can be, we can be doing um I have got two more. Um, yeah. so my, my, my second point um, was around um, holistic thinking about transport, um, trying to break down those silos. Um, so uh, I, I think, you know, if we are to move towards a more sustainable, more inclusive transport future, we've got to be thinking about um, the whole system. Okay. Uh, we've got to be thinking about the railways working in synergy with buses and community transport and shared mobility schemes and walking and cycling. Um, uh, so I think that would be my second wish. Um, and, and, and I think if we can, I think some, some good headway has been made actually in, in recent years and through the pandemic in terms of uh, a more collaborative approach within the rail industry. Uh, and I think that, that's been acknowledged uh, through through the Williams Review. There's a, there's a need for that, that more um, joined up approach within rail, but I'd really love to see that that joined up approach <laughs> extending beyond rail. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think particularly uh, some really uh, important ripe opportunities for, for rail, the rail sector and, and the bus sector to be to be working together and, and I think we've got to do that if we're to see that that shift uh, that modal shift um, away from um, such heavy dependency on on the private car. So what we did, Jules, you, you're your chief exec of the community rail network and we've got the community rail partnerships. Is there an equivalent in the bus industry? No. Um, and we have we have had we had a few conversations, a few really positive conversations with um, transport um, owning groups uh, who are also bus operators yeah. about whether there is scope to take some of the, the the lessons and the insights from community rail and share that share that more widely. Um, so we're, we're very happy to. If there's anyone listening to this that would like to have that conversation, really really happy to. Um, you know, to, to share the, the, the community Absolutely. room um, insights more widely. Um, but uh, uh, as a reference, I think uh, although community rail is absolutely focused on, committed to working uh, with our rail, rail industry partners and getting that value from the rail network, we, we do very much acknowledge that the railways don't work in isolation. Mm. Um, and part of getting that that additional social value and environmental value from from our rail network is, is about improving those connections with yeah uh, with other sustainable modes. Um, so interesting. Yes, there's definitely there's definitely a big wish to be granted there, isn't there? How do how do we get that all? Yeah, and we, holistic thinking around. Yeah, that? and we we certainly community rail network works closely with with others with within the community and voluntary sector who are involved in other aspects of sustainable transport. So we're part of the Sustainable Transport Alliance, which also includes bus users, Sustrans, Living Streets, Como UK, 
um, uh, campaign for better transport. So, so we're working with these other other organisations that are supporting communities on other aspects of sustainable transport to try to help that uh, more holistic approach. Right. Um, Interesting. Gosh, that's got all sorts of things whizzing off in my head. <laughs> so what, what's number three? Um, so my 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 third wish um, has gone completely from my from my head as I've been talking about that more holistic. Oh yes, I, I, I was gonna I was gonna lead onto it quite naturally at one point, um, and it does time with what I was just talking about on 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 uh, you know working together across the sustainable transport field. It's just I think a bit more a bit more honesty um, uh, and being a bit a bit braver about the message uh, around the, the changes that we need to see uh, to move towards uh, a more sustainable transport, uh, a more sustainable transport system, more sustainable transport behaviours. Um, as, as, as we're recording this podcast, we've, we've just had the IPCC report come out uh, with further stark warnings about the um, the, the, the pressing nature of the climate emergency, um, specifically recognising the, the, the dramatic changes that we need within transport if we're to bend the emissions curve. Right. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that there's increasing evidence that if we're to do that, we, we need to not only move very swiftly, but we need to dramatically reduce private car use. Mm. Um, we need to do that within the current decade. And we're starting to see um, devolved governments and local authorities within the UK putting in place targets for reducing private car use and and and, and shifting journeys onto public transport. Um, but t- time is is running short. Um, we've got a lot to do um, to decarbonise transport in a short space of time. I think it's it's encouraging to see uh, increasingly. I think the rail industry is recognising that the biggest part that the railways can play in transport decarbonisation. Is, is supporting modal shift, getting more people yeah. using the railways instead of instead of driving. Um, but I think generally we we need to start talking about this. We need to start getting that out there. And um, and I think it's it, it's a massive challenge that we face, but it's also an exciting opportunity because in 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 changing transport in this way, in, in moving towards a, a greener a more climate safe transport future we can we can also unlock all sorts of benefits for for people um on a day-to-day basis at a community level um so i think you know lots and lots of opportunity there for working with communities to to make this happen uh, yeah. to achieve this 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 um transition that we we now urgently need yeah, it does feel like um, certainly the contrast between this time two years ago when we were in lockdown and we so where I live and um, kind of I can walk in two or three miles in different directions and there are three different motorways. Um, and so this time last year when I was out on my one hour of exercise a day, then I would go over one or other of these bridges and there was kind of, you know, some days there was no cars. That there was there were no cars on the motorways. It was so so quiet. All you could hear were the birds singing. Mm-hmm. And what I what I've noticed significantly in the last few weeks is the massive increase in the number of in the in the number of cars, the amount of traffic noise um, that we can hear. But also, if I've been out on the roads myself, um, we're we're back into that kind of 
um, you know, we're all sat in a traffic jam. I remember going into Manchester, actually, I very, very rarely drive into Manchester. I generally drive to a train station and go on the train from there. I should hasten to add. But I remember driving into Manchester and seeing a um, one of the, um, the information boards that had been um, put up that it was along the lines of, um, you're you're not in traffic. You're not in a traffic jam. You are you the are traffic. traffic. Yeah, that yeah. Was like, oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But no, yeah. I, I, I think, I think, yeah. That's that's exactly the kind of you know upfront upfront yeah. message we need. Yeah. But we need. But I, I think you're, I think you're right that during the pandemic. Uh, we had um, uh, a glimpse of, of how lovely our communities can be when when they're so much quieter, less polluted, less clogged up with 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 traffic. Um, and although, of course, the pandemic has created great challenges within the railways and, and public transport generally, you know, obviously hit patronage very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Although some positive signs that numbers are are now bouncing oh, back, but yeah. the pandemic is a, is a great moment of, of change, um, and and there are you know all sorts of ways that of course that that society has been affected, but that that moment of change also provides a a great opportunity for for moving things in a, yeah. in a different direction. Yeah, um, yeah it does. So in terms of um, so kind of to, to move our conversation, there's so many other things I want to ask you about, but we know that these podcasts, um, the, the best practice for a podcast is 30 to 40 minutes. So I'm going to kind of bring our conversation to the final part, Jules, and ask you in terms of people that have inspired you or things that have, that have inspired or continue to inspire you where do you get that from is there is there a person has there been a leader someone in your life or someone in kind of in the in the public glare that that somebody that you look to for inspiration um i, I was going to mention actually a, a previous um boss that I, I worked for at um a charity called better start bradford um who he, he was just uh a real breath of fresh air in terms of um making you really think about people and feelings um in in, and building that into your decision making which um I thought was quite an unusual yeah quite an unusual approach um and and she really made me um think about uh how to how we can as 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 leaders as as managers really make sure that we are um, grounded and that we 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 are always putting um, people and their needs at the at the forefront of of all of the decisions that we that we make and what we what we do. So I I, I wanted to to mention her, Michaela Howe. Um, but um, in in terms of day to day inspiration, <laughs> I've got so much to go at. And I'm absolutely privileged to be um, at the helm of Community Rail Network uh, and and with all of our members doing constantly all sorts of amazing, okay. inspiring work. Um, it's it's always really wonderful for me. Um, over the last two years, I haven't been able to get out and about as much as I'd 
I'd ordinarily like um, due to the pandemic, but uh, always really inspiring to go out and visit our members and see their work and hear about what they're what they're involved in firsthand. Um, I just I just had a lovely uh, visit down to the New River Line, which is a, a new uh, community rail, fairly new community rail partnership down in Hertfordshire, and just hearing about uh, what what they're getting involved in, how they're promoting their line and. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm obviously very privileged to constantly have that that inspiration and um, that great sense of, of pride in <laughs> everything really that, that I that I'm involved in and uh, yeah. But it's it's really it's drawn from drawn from our members and I think that's so important is um, uh, draw, drawing that inspiration from from the grassroots. Absolutely, I think when you when you are out and about and you're seeing the amazing stuff that's being done, and the difference that it makes, that kind of coming back to the beginning of our conversation and people choosing careers because they want to make a difference, and you know there there are lots of ways of doing that, but certainly kind of what what the the members and the volunteers are doing. As, as, as through the community rail network they're making a massive difference to in so many ways not just to the individuals that travel on the railway but you know in in all sorts of other ways as well as as you've described some of them environmental some of them commercial some of them from a, a society benefit education getting people to jobs all of the other stuff mm-hmm. um there's loads happening and it's great that that you 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 are you are very lucky as you say to be able to dip in and out of these different projects projects that are happening and and kind of be have, have that um wealth of knowledge in terms of what's happening out there that's working that's going really well um so my final question um and which is the again the time-honored way that we bring these conversations to a close is where I ask my guests to share a quote that um has inspired motivated or just even made you think so do you have a quote that you'd like to leave us with Jules I do. I was, I was dreading this question a little bit because I, I thought it was probably quite a cliched answer. I, I really like Einstein quotes. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm looking at them all the time, but I think <laughs> Einstein had a particular way of um, uh, talking about the importance of creativity and innovation and fresh thinking and looking at things differently. The importance yeah. of taking a step back and um, not just doing things the same old way just because that's the way we've always done them um so there's a there's a few einstein quotes that uh that relate to that but i the one i picked out was we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them brilliant um, love it yeah yeah i love it it's a really nice prompt isn't so it true. it's so true. <laughs> And um, and for some some reason, there's this um, the last literally in the last couple of days, then there is another kind of quite similar um, um, quote, if you like, that's kept that's come into my head twice. I've read it and then somebody said it to me yesterday, which is what got you here won't get you there. And it's the same kind of thinking, isn't it? It's kind of, we have to to be able to look at things differently, look at things creatively. And just because this is the way we've always done it doesn't necessarily mean that this has to be the way for the future. And also, just because we tried it 10 years ago and it didn't work then doesn't mean that we can't try it again now because things might have changed. Yeah, And, and I think bringing people together socially um, in a supportive way, facilitating interaction between different types of people is, is absolutely fundamental to that looking at things differently. We often think of innovation as being about technology, but 
it's uh it's really all about people in different perspectives yeah just getting people together and having that kind of blue sky thinking took some ideas out let's see where it takes us um and now we're all able to get back to the office then hopefully we can be doing more of that Jules, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I'm really grateful to you for joining us on the Intuitive Insights podcast. I've loved our conversation. Loads of stuff that I didn't already know. So I've learned something, which has been my favourite thing to do. Um, And I've really enjoyed your company. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Nina. It's been a pleasure. My huge thanks to Jules for joining me today and for highlighting some of the many benefits that community rail partnerships bring to the UK Railway. 